listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. It is the bonus hour. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Thanks so much for being with us. Big night tonight for FGCU. This is it, baby. Four wins away from the NCAA tournament. That's how you got to sell it. Yeah, okay. So the season ended badly. Badly. So what? Is it one week? It's all that matters. Who can't we beat, right? That's how you got to sell it. Come on now. You get fired up this week. Love it. Love it. I got to tell you, this is the first time all year that I've missed not doing FGCU. Okay? Not that, you know, I would be on the road at Kennesaw tonight. Although, no, you know me, I'd be there. Right. Okay? It's a quick flight to Atlanta. Okay? It's a 45-minute drive. I would, I, I got the miles. I would have done it. I'd be broadcasting the game tonight on some radio station. 19 people would be listening. But I'd be broadcasting it. Damn right I would. All right? FGCU and Queens. They were a D2 school up until this year. They played once this season at Queens. Queens won. This is my favorite, though, because Queens could win all these games and they're still ineligible for the tournament, right? Correct. But we Same let them play in the conference last tournament. Year. Right. Same thing happened last year. FGCU lost to Bellarmine. Bellarmine ended up winning the conference. Couldn't represent the conference in the tournament. It's an Why? absolute joke. It's one and- of... It- might be the well, dumbest rule in sports today. Well, who are you more mad at? A, the NCAA for not allowing the schools who go from D2 to D1 to compete in the NCAA tournament for the first four years that they're D1. They call it the transition period. Or are you more mad at the A-Sun for letting those schools play in the conference tournament? Yes, because they're both completely absurd, David. I can't. I, I can hold my anger equally to both because the NCAA should not have a four-year transfer period for schools to go from Division two to Division one. It makes no. absolutely zero sense. These Agreed. schools have to put up a lot. You know, we've been talking about Florida State and where, where they're going to leave the ACC and how they pull that off. Well, you have to financially, you have to make a big jump to go from Division one to Division two to Division one, You have to add sports. You have to add scholarships. It costs money. And if you can't qualify for a tournament for two years, one on men's, one on women's, you get one sport you can designate as your early go, and you can do one on each side. It's four years for everything else. It's ridiculous. All yep. those kids that went from the – all the kids that put the work in and these coaches that put the work in to get you from D2 to D1, but the kids especially, hey, you got it here. You're Division one, but you're never going to go to a tournament while you're here. It's asinine. It is, but I can't let you get off that way. I'm sorry, it's not 50-50. You got to go 51-49. Then, then if that is, if those are still the rules, if see the pro, I, why do I have to go 51-40? I don't want to go 51-40. Because I said so. Because it's bad sports talk radio if you straddle the fence like that. Well, no, yes, they're, they're they're both terrible rules. But if the current rule is in place, then the A Sun should not be allowing them to play in the tournament. There you go. There you go. Now, I will say, outgoing Commissioner Ted Gumbard of the A-Sun, this is something he's always believed. He's always felt that, although that's not true, okay, because there was a time in which teams that were in transition, whatever, he, for a short time, he didn't let them compete. But then he said, you know, that's not right. 
And so he has felt they compete all year. Plus, if you deny the school the ability to compete for the conference title, he says it affects their recruiting. They're not going to be any good. And by the time they're eligible, they're not a good program. He goes, we want them to be as good as they can, as fast as they can. But yes, you know, the ASUN is always allowed. Remember, it was a handful of years ago, they allowed Stetson's men's team, who was ineligible for the NCAA tournament because their APR was too low, which is a student you know, grades thing. Okay. And Stetson was ineligible, one of like six schools in the country. Well, Stetson made the ASUN final, they played FGCU at Alico. Stetson had a late lead. If Stetson had won, North Florida, the regular season conference champ, would have represented the A-Sun. FGC won, saved the A-Sun the embarrassment. Last year, nobody saved the A-Sun the embarrassment. Bellarmine, making the transition from D2 to D1, wins the A-Sun tournament. Can't go. And I thought perhaps Bellarmine winning the tournament last year would get the NCAA to at least table this because there were – People who have a lot more pull than Miller and Moulton, who were national college basketball people, were disgusted with the fact that they weren't in the tournament. Well, because Bellarmine's located in Louisville, Kentucky, and there's a couple of big national writers who are based in the Louisville area, and they were like, this is absurd. Well, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. But you're right. They didn't do a damn thing about it. Why, by the way? I mean, seriously. Like, who's going to object? And seriously, who's going to object? I mean, are the other teams, honestly, if you put it to a vote in the A-Sun, hey, you're going to allow Queens College, okay, do you think they should play in the NCAA tournament if they win the conference? No, because they're making the transition from D2. Don't you think most of them would go, damn, they can win the conference? Making the transition from D2? Good for them. Right. Not like these schools are going to win natties or anything anyhow in any of the sports that they're getting in. But I'm with you, okay? If you're running the conference, it's tough to have the ineligible teams knock out the eligible ones. I mean, let's – hey, I'll be brutally honest. Last year's FGCU team could have won the conference tournament. They lost a close game down the stretch at Bellarmine. Coach got fired. I mean, they win that game – the two teams they would have played the next two rounds, they had beaten the last two weeks of the season. I mean, Bellarmine's playing North Florida tonight in the other matchup in the A-Sun tournament. Well, the North Florida coach's job is on the line. Bellarmine's still ineligible. So Bellarmine could beat North Florida tonight in what is essentially a play-in game and cost the guy his job. They did it last year. North Florida, four and a half point favorite in that game, in case you were wondering. By the way, Queens, first time Queens in- University is a three point favorite against FGCU. That's what I was going to say. First time in a while, because even though FGCU's lost 10 of 14 in the season and lost five straight home games at one point, they were favored in damn near every game they were playing. But this is the first time in a while you can get FGCU and some points. I I got to take the points tonight. I'm yeah, not. I wouldn't homer. touch betting FGCU at all. They have been far too inconsistent. They're a better team than their record. They're yep. just a team I stay away from because they've not been able to figure it out this year. 
at all. Here's the hand I'm playing. A, it's a neutral floor, literally. There'll be 137 people in the gym. That includes all the players and coaches and support staff. All right. B, can Queens really beat them twice in the same season? I mean, these are two fairly even teams. FGC's got more talent. Okay. I'm taking the three. Besides, Mark, they've been so good at losing close games, they could lose and still cover. <laughs> I'm hoping for three and a half. Hoping for the half. But I actually think FGC wins tonight. And believe me, the team they're going to play tomorrow, Kennesaw, they're rooting for Queens. Because they know FGCU's got some players. A little bit of size. Yeah. Yeah, they got some players. When the team sitting there, you know, in the stands is rooting for your opponent, that's a tell. So that's a little what's going on tonight. College Hoops, small tournaments getting started across the country. And it is a soft spot for Miller and Moulton. Yeah, there's ranked teams playing in the Big 12. There's always ranked teams playing in the Big 12. Whatever. Who cares? Whatever. I think the A-Sun's actually the first. I think all the other small conferences start up tomorrow. I think the A-Sun may be first, Mark. All right, I just see, I see some small college games going on. I assumed they were tournament. When, I, when I've got Bethune-Cookman and Grambling playing, when I've got Delaware State at home, that, that's just the only reason that I thought th- they scream small conference tournament. Well, and you're right. I just saw a Jeff Goodman tweet in which he's, you know, he made it seem in the tweet as if it was starting tonight and it was starting in the A-Sun. By the way, remember the story we threw out there last week, uh, Antoine Davis, Mike Davis, who coach Indiana, right. took him to the title game. Okay, his son is playing for him at Detroit. He is now 64 points behind Pete Maravich for the all-time record. But the regular season's over. Detroit plays IPFW tomorrow, first round of the horizon. He's averaging 31 points a game. So he's got to win and exceed his average in both games for him to get there. They've got to win. But not by much. Right. Come on. If if they win the one game and then they lose, and he hits his average, he'll be within two points of Maravich. So, I mean, it's right there. Plus, don't you think if they win, they're going to be feeding them the ball in the second game? From the sounds of it, they feed him the ball in every game, David. (laughs) Well, he is their best player. He's averaging 31 a game. I think they're going to feed it to him. So, but he's within 64 of Maravich for the all-time scoring record in men's Division One history. It will only take him two more years in a three-point line to exceed what Maravich <laughs> did in three years without a three-point line at LSU. Right. Otherwise, they're very comparable. Right. Very comparable. Yep. One guy averaged almost 40 a game. The other guy averaged about 25. Very similar. And for those asking very quickly, the A-Sun, uh, seven's playing eight and nine's playing ten. Their reasoning is nine versus ten will play each other. The winner plays the one seed. So that this way the one seed will play the worst team that advances in the play-in. Okay, because also they're playing at the site of the one seed. Otherwise, there'd be travel involved. So nine plays ten, winner plays the one. 
So if FGCU wins tonight, they're going to play Kennesaw State, which I think is an advantage. Kennesaw State, technically regular season champion, won the tiebreaker over Liberty. I think you'd much rather play Kennesaw State in the second round than Liberty. Waiting for the A-Sun to do a West Coast Conference type thing where the one and the two go automatically <laughs> to the semifinals to start the tournament. And you just play until you get to the semis and you can take on the one seed or the two seed. They're trying to assure that they get St. Mary's and Gonzaga in the final game with anything they can do in that one. By the way, Bradley beat Drake yesterday to win the regular season Missouri Valley. Probably cost Drake an at-large if they didn't win the conference tournament. The madness is underway, and it's not even March. Miller and Malton. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Thanks so much for being with us. I said it earlier, but it was nearly three hours ago, so you may not remember. We had something happen in the NBA last night. He became the eighth player to do it eighth Damian Lillard scored over 70 in an NBA game would you have thought the number was bigger than that about that smaller than that I would have probably said smaller well at the start of the season the answer was six because Donovan Mitchell did it earlier in the year but even with the big outburst 70 doesn't happen you know, we've had scoring at an unprecedented level this year. Guys getting to 50 seemingly nightly. But adding another 20 to that's a whole different set of circumstances. And Dame Litter led tonight 71. Right. Pretty sure that's his third 60-point game of the season. He's 32 years old, by the way. By the Still way. has not requested a trade from Portland. Wow. What is he drinking that the rest of the league is not drinking? I think Man. you could I think you could make the argument that he's one of the greatest shooters in the history of basketball. I don't know how you could disagree. He finally won the three-point contest and said, Oh, I've been trying to win this sucker for years. Now I'm retired. But Lillard joins Mitchell from earlier in the season. But these six, Mark, Elgin Baylor. He could play a little bit. David Robinson. Could play a little bit. David Thompson, probably before this year of the six, the the guy had the least cred, you know, Devin Booker. I mean, obviously, all-star, very good player, but not an all-time great, not yet. The other two, Kobe, remember the game against Toronto, what do you have, 81? Mm -hmm. And um, Wilt obviously did it since he scored 100 he did it six times, scoring 70 or more points in a game. Six times. And remember, he was a bad free throw shooter. Yeah, that's partially due to the fact that he averaged 50 points a game one year. 1962. It was also the same year he averaged over 48 minutes a game. Because they had a handful of games that went overtime, and he played every minute. So he actually averaged more minutes played than there are in a regulation game. 
for the season. That's unbelievable. It's a good thing Wilt's not alive right now because his thoughts on load management, man, he must be <laughs> talking to the Red R back up in heaven going, can you believe these guys? Him and Russell must be going to town. Yeah, we didn't come off the court. We played every game and didn't leave the court. And these guys can only play 60-some-odd games. And what is it, 36 minutes is now the new standard if you can play three quarters of a four-quarter game. Well, you know, basketball was kind of a walk in the park for them back in the day. But that yeah, well, that's neither here nor there. Great. We're doing the show with J.J. Redick, apparently. Okay. By the way, do we still think that uh, Clyde Drexler is the best Blazer of all time? I don't know. Don't know. All right. We'll say Clyde took him to two finals. All right. Dame's got him to one Western Conference final. But he is amazing. There's no doubt. He's all the fame player, great player. Do not want to take away from him at all. Our buzzer beaters had buzzer beaters over the weekend, if you weren't paying attention. And quite a few of them are with teams on the bubble or affecting seeding. Mark, we had to go both ways Saturday. Arizona State is on the outside looking in. They hit the 55-footer to beat Arizona, who's a top-10 team in a two-seed. That's a huge win for their resume. Huge! Shelby has Arizona State right now as the last team in. That's how huge that shot was. They finished, by the way, at USC, at UCLA. Get one and you're in. Totally. Then there was San Diego State at New Mexico. Richard Patino's New Mexico squad hits a late shot to go up one. They came from behind at home. The pit's going crazy. San Diego State with a 30-footer at the buzzer. Boom, walk off. San Diego State was already in. New Mexico was bubble, probably first four out. Really needed it. They've moved to next four out with that loss. See? And now when you're on next four out, you probably need to win your conference tournament. Whereas if they win that game, maybe they can get to the conference final and get in. The Michigan-Wisconsin game yesterday, Mark. 16-11 and 11 facing 16-12. and 12. I mean... Could that game scream bubble any more than Michigan-Wisconsin yesterday? For Shelby Mast, it did not put Michigan in, but it took Wisconsin out. Which is fascinating in and of itself. So let me get this straight. You beat a team that you had ranked a little bit ahead of them, and you don't move them an inch. No, because you're at home, and that doesn't mean anything. It was a quad two win, I believe, for Michigan because they were the home team. But meanwhile, for Wisconsin, if they had won, okay, that – then they can probably in, especially since Rutgers came from 19 back and beat another Big Ten bubble team in Penn State yesterday. Penn State had such an opportunity with that win to keep their chances alive, and now I think they're going to have to not only win their last two remaining regular season games, but probably have to do a little work in the tournament and beat somebody of significance to get in. Yeah, I agree with you. Probably have to go to the semis probably to get in. Probably need to go on a four or five-game run here to get themselves in. So, 
Now, see, this is when you're a goober. See, this is the stuff. And I am texting. Mark's playing in a – I assume, actually, he's with his daughter at some sporting event that she's at. And I figure he's looking at his phone, cursing me, ignoring me, going, you do know it's the weekend. I put up with you all flipping week. Please stop texting me. And I am just going bat blank crazy, going, oh, this buzzer beater. Oh, this buzzer beater. Your Sparties are blowing an 11-point lead with 55 seconds to go. And I get nothing, by the way. Nothing back. I go, man, he's going to quit. That's how dumb No, you got a couple back. I responded. Not till like 8 o'clock. I had sent you a series of texts. And I got one back. Yeah, you you uh, did. You got one back three hours, two and a half hours after. (laughs) You sent me... You sent me three texts at 2.19. I responded at 5.09. <laughs> but then I was consistent. Then you hit me yeah. with three more, and I responded. Then you hit me with right. one more, and I was right back after it. Right. By well, that point, were... I was sitting at the bar watching the games. And exactly. I was, I, but I, but I, I, by no, see, this is a big misconception of yours. I have no problem texting you outside of the show. I can't prove that. I can't so I, I, what you're telling me is that I am going to have to initiate communication from this point forward. It's not initiate. It's respond. Okay? You go once the show is done, once about 1030 hits, definitely by 11 o'clock. Let me t- I could text you, and unless it's I'm not doing the show tomorrow, there's a good chance I'm not going to get a response. Huh. Okay. You Apparently, you're one of those that can just look at a text and go, oh, okay. And not respond to it. And obviously, you know what I am. Yeah, I mean, you send me a text with information. It's not in a question. I mean, I, I don't know what you want. Do you want me to put good job by you? <laughs> I don't know. Just by, right. just humor me. By the third or fourth text, I don't know, a thumbs up, a, the middle finger, something. All right, I I promise I will do a better job responding. That is that's my commitment to this show. Only because you know of the self esteem that I have, which is very little. That I then think, oh man, I'm really bothering him. Oh man, he's complaining to his friends. Look at this Yahoo I got to deal with. You want to do a show with this guy? This is what you got to deal with. Not a chance. Not a chance. I will be a better responder. <laughs> Feels as if I've let this show down a little bit. Miller and Moulton. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Today was a day when what's on tap, all still ahead right here on the Florida Sports Network. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes until the top of the hour, 17 until we're out of here. The final segment of Miller and Moulton on this final Monday of February. Thanks so much for being with us. So apparently we have a developing story. It looks like the Milwaukee Bucks have been sold. Well, here's what, there's two things that interest me. One, so the Haslam family, the the folks that own the Browns are buying them. Right. Um, The first thing I thought of, if you're an NFL owner, you know, because the NFL's been a little moody in the past about owning teams, you know, if you own something else. Right. But apparently that's been changed. 
Well, the clause that they added going back to when Paul Allen bought the Seahawks because he owned the Trailblazers, they said, well, you can own another major league franchise, but they can't be in the same city as the NFL team. As any NFL team. So like Paul Allen could remain the owner of the Seahawks because Portland doesn't have an NFL team. Well, the Haslam's own the Browns. They're buying the Milwaukee Bucks. Do you consider Milwaukee Green Bay? They obviously don't. Now, I will say it's about 100 miles. I mean, but for the longest time, Packers used to play games in Milwaukee. They play one or two a year at County Stadium in Milwaukee back in the day. So my guess is the NFL will kind of grit their teeth and allow it. But it is the largest television market that's closest to Green Bay, right? Right. Did you see the price? Three and a half billion for the Milwaukee Bucks. Correct. So the guy who just sold the team, Bought the team, I believe, nine years ago. Did you see what he bought the team for in 2014? What was the number? 550. Wow. Unless I, unless I saw that wrong, I thought that he bought the team for $550 million. Less than 10 years ago. That's insane. They bought it from at the time U.S. Senator Herb Cole. Five fifty, hey. and they agreed to I think help finance the new arena downtown. I was about to say new arena plus a championship. That helps. Nine years later, seven times your investment. That's what a Greek freak will do for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's something. So that's a little what's happening early this morning in the sports world as the Milwaukee Bucks are now sold. It's time for someone to take back this segment, if for no other reason than to stop David from talking about Meghan and Harry. Here's Mark Miller with Today Was the Day When. I do not have a lot today, David. So we start in 1812 when the flag of Argentina was first raised. 1927, or 1827 rather, the first Mardi Gras celebration in New Orleans. It was today in 1860 that Lincoln makes a speech at Cooper Union in New York that they say is largely responsible for his election to the presidency. We jump all the way to 1959 when Bob Cousy sets an NBA record with 28 assists as the Celtics would score 173 against the Minneapolis Lakers. We did it today in 1960 for the first time, David. We beat Russia 3-2 en route to a gold medal in U.S. ice hockey Olympic play. Squaw Valley. Same type of storyline, too. Beat uh, the Soviets in the semis. We had to win one more to win the gold. If we didn't beat Czechoslovakia in 60, we wouldn't have won the gold. 1966 at the 8th Daytona 500, Richard Petty 
would come from two laps down to win. Today in 1974, People Magazine began sales. In 81, McCartney and Stevie Wonder record Ebony and Ivory. And in 2007, the Edmonton Oilers retire Mark Messier's number 11. Those born today that are no longer with us. Gene Sarenson, John Steinbeck, Elizabeth Taylor, Howard Hessman. Those celebrating birthdays today, Joanne Woodward is 93. Ralph Nader is 89. Neil Sean of Journey is 69. Tim Brando is 67. James Worthy is 62. Kent DeSormo, 53. Deuce Staley is 48. Tony Gonzalez is 47. And singer Josh Groban is 42. What did I miss, David? No, I think you're all over it. Nothing that I had that was that big a deal. One of those days. Yeah. Not a not a big day in history. No. Well, let me tell you, the last four or five days in history had a whole lot going on. People shot, you know, Miracle on Ice. I mean, we had a lot going on the last four days. I'm glad we finally took a breather. I want to tell you quickly that something I did on Friday that I've never done before because I missed a good, bad, and ugly last week. I got to the point of the show where it was a good, bad, and the ugly. I looked up and I went, I'll be damned. I didn't look for a story the whole show. And that's usually <laughs> something I do between 5 and 5.30 every morning. But Friday, for whatever reason, I finished the show, went up to my office to do some work, and did today was the day when for Saturday. I had never done that before. <laughs> Neither Wanna my daughter it? or my wife were impressed with the segment. Want to give it to us or no? No, it's no. sitting on the okay. printer at home. I saw it last. I did this yesterday, and I'm like, I'll be damned. Never done that one before. That's so hysterical. So if we're still doing this show next year and we're still doing that segment, I'm ready for February the 25th. <laughs> Problem is, it'll be a Sunday. Well, Uh, save it for two years from now. There we go. We're there. You've heard folks elsewhere mock Florida is gonna Florida. Well, Mark Miller sees it differently. He calls it the good, the bad, and the ugly. What you got, Mark? We go to Brooksville, Florida for the good, where a two-year-old boy went missing since wandering out of his North Florida home. And a large group of people, some 500 volunteers and scores of law enforcement, went searching for Joshua Rowland. Roy Link was the man that did it, the former Marine. Found the boy. He said, I said a prayer about 10 minutes before I found him. Luckily, the boy was fine. He was a good distance from his house. Obviously, as he says, now he has a story to tell his grandkids one day so good for him for the bad we go to kentucky where law enforcement in williamsburg kentucky went to serve warrants to a meth head and when they arrived at the home nobody in the home would say where the fugitive was except for the toddler that was there david ha <laughs> ha The toddler said, it's good to be honest. We shouldn't lie before telling the officers and pointing to where the suspect was hiding. Tina Hicks, 45, was found in the bathroom and quickly taken into custody. The toddler, who was only visiting the home, was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and deputies said they would have dealt with the well-being of the child if they believed he was in any danger. Finally, the ugly, we go to the Keys, where... Ray Rivero thought he had it made. Got his taxes back. 
bought himself a pound of weed with the money and then decided to drive 35 and a 25 without a license. He was picked up, car reeked of dope, and he told the officers where the weed was, how much he bought, and what he bought it with. He was transported to a nearby jail. Should have just kept that tax money, young man. And that is the good, the bad, and the ugly on today, February 27th, 2023. 35 on a 25, that's rough. That's rough. When you're driving with a pound of weed in the car, <laughs> okay, let's just start there. That's and, fair. And number two, you don't have this thing called, wait for it, a, a driver's, driver's license. license. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Having computer glitch problems. I don't know if I lost David completely because I don't hear him right now and I can't well, see a damn thing. I I can hear you. You're back now. But the computer's locking near me. Yeah, we hear you just fine, fortunately. Problem okay. is, I have so one monitor you... to go through these stories here, and sometimes it, it we get these little problems. There we go. I understand. So, a few things. First off, four NBA games tonight. Both the Heat and Magic are involved. They're both on the road. Heat in Philadelphia, six-point dog against the Sixers. This just in. Miami needs to start winning. They're in the play-in. They're like two and a half games out of where they want to be. I want to start winning. And the Magic are in New Orleans. The Pelicans can't beat anybody, and they're a four-point favorite. I Believe it or not, I'm going to do something a little crazy tonight. I'm going to take the Magic on the road getting four. Uh-oh. Here's my play of the night, though. College hoops. Oklahoma State on the wrong side of the bubble because they've lost four in a row. Baylor, meanwhile, just came off a big win against Texas. Oklahoma State, less than 48 hours after that Baylor win, is hosting top 10 Baylor. Oklahoma State's lost four in a row. Baylor's in the top 10. Baylor's a point and a half favorite. I am backing up the truck on Oklahoma State tonight. Senior night, absolute must win for them. Going with the Cowboys. Love it. Last chance, really, to make the tournament without needing to have a Big 12 conference tournament run. So, I'm all over it. Senior night for the Cowboys. Five games in the National Hockey League tonight. None of the Florida teams are in action. Detroit's at Ottawa. Game of the night is Boston at Edmonton. And it's on NHL Network at 830. And, you know, for what that's worth, best team in hockey against the best player in hockey. I mean, God forbid we put that game on TNT or ESPN, though. Once again, let's make sure we get Calgary and Vegas or something, or St. Louis and Pittsburgh. You know, that's what we need. Not Boston, Edmonton. No interest there. Listen, ratings are down in the NHL this year. Big. There's two reasons. First off, there's a lot more games being televised. So they feel that's helped to reduce. But secondly, you're scheduling. They're like, uh, we scheduled a lot of bad games. You think? Miller and Moulton have been pointing it out since October. 
You put McDavid on as much as is humanly possible. We have turned in this country. We don't just watch teams anymore. We watch players. And they've got to market their best player, and they don't do it. And not only that, on nights, I mean, you're competing against the NBA. You are. Stop pretending as if you're not. Take a look at their schedule. In fact, let them release their schedule first so that you could then counter-program. Like when they're having their all-star break, schedule some great games night after night. It's a crazy idea. No football, no baseball, no basketball. How about you schedule the best damn games you can? Crazy idea. And don't give me this, that's not what our marketing is. We're about we and not I. I don't care. Do you want your sport to get watched or do you not want your sport to be watched? That's what the question is. And right now they're not watching at all. 7 o'clock tomorrow, David Sampson. We have so much stuff to talk to him about. I may beg him for an extra segment. Honestly. I mean, we could just we could do two segments just on baseball. Never mind all the other stuff. But David Sampson on the show tomorrow. No Pat Kerwin tomorrow. He's traveling to Indy for the Combine. But we're getting Wednesday, Friday with Pat. He's going to be talking to a bunch of people. So we'll have a bunch of fresh content with Pat this week live from the Combine. Not just the players that Pat will talk to at the Combine, but all of the people in and around the league that he gets to spend time with at the Combine should make for some good conversations with Pat Kerwin as we get closer to the draft. David and I spent a little time today playing a little GM with Chicago, Indianapolis, and Houston. And Trader David is ready to go for this draft, and it looks like the Bears are as well. Well, I mean, I hope they have my number. I mean, you know, my email address is easy to get, but, you know, just reach out. I know somebody who does their pre and post on their network. I may reach out to them and say, hey, listen, if they're looking for some, you know, advice, I could be a consultant. I, I drive a hard bargain, like a big plate of big wings. Uh, that'd be it. Had to get the big wings in, didn't you? Yep. Mm-hmm. No sense going small. Hmm. See if I answer that text now. Miller <laughs> and Moulton. Hope you have a great rest of your day. We'll do it all over again tomorrow morning, 6 a.m.